Lord Chaitanya and Pali teachings. That chapter largely deals with the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's speaking with Prakashananda Saraswati and destroying his Mayavad concept. Mayavad means the common misconception that the Jiva and Bhagavan are one and the same in all respects. So Srila Prabhupada spoke to Brenda. Is it possible to get that uh, address, Prabhupada? So um, Srila Prabhupada translated that first, published it first, and this was for general distribution. It's, it's very difficult for complex discussions of Mayabhata. And Srila Prabhupada wanted that this book be given to every Mayabhadi philosopher in India, every prophet Swami. Srila Prabhupada was very concerned that his disciples and the world in general get a clear philosophical understanding of Krishna consciousness. And he was very concerned to remove all the misconceptions in the world. And actually, I happen to know, maybe better than anyone else in this world, by saying I happen to know, I mean, from the point of view of knowledge, because I and some research into this matter into the teachings of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati and Bhakti Nirmala. That they also, they didn't, uh, in their preaching and Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, especially his writing, they didn't dilate much on pastimes, but they, they also very concerned with a very strong philosophical understanding to their followers. We hear Srila Prabhupada's lectures and conversations. We'll hear him again and again hammering, that's really the best word, hammering on the point because he spoke very strong, hammering himself. Finding in an ear, hammering on the points, but not the body, don't identify with the body. Difference between the body and the soul. Especially this point. From what I see, there were two points that, or at least as far as I can analyze, there are two points that should have all but particularly focused on in his worldwide future. One is that the body and the soul are different. They are not the bodies. The body is not all in all. The body is not produced of matter. There is spirit. We constantly on this point and on the, and the point that we are controlled. We are not independent. There is a controller. 
No one can deny that we are controlled. So this is evidence that there is God. Don't think that we are independent. And this also brings the point that don't think that we are God. So emphasizing this point that we are controlled and there is a controller means that that uh, atheism is rebutted. And the idea that we are all one with God is a very common idea, both in India and in the West. They are both rebutted by the simple understanding, which it should be simple, but again, brother had to hammer on We are controlled. This, this point, we are, we, no one wants to die, we are forced to die. No one wants to get sick, we are forced to suffer disease. This is the problem, this lectures, conversation, read his books, these points are there, again and again and again. Just like me. When I go in a car, I always put the seat up. The driver says, oh no need, because they think the purpose of a seatbelt is uh, in Delhi or somewhere the police will catch it. And in places where the police don't bother, there's no need. But that's not the point of a seatbelt, so that the police will catch it or not catch it. The point is that in an accident, you will be, uh, you're more likely to survive the accident if you're wearing a seatbelt. So they will say, no need, because no one ever thinks that they'll get in the The godbrother of mine told me he met a lawyer in America who deals with accident cases, insurance or things. And he, or I don't know whether he knew him or anyone said but uh, this lawyer said that no one ever wakes up in the morning and thinks that today I'm going to have a serious accident. But there are thousands every day. No one ever expects it. So everyone, everyone thinks it. Well, we don't have to bother. Everyone is, everyone is subject to birth, death, old age, disease. Well, we can have accidents, <coughs> disease, but you know, it works out to be the same thing. You end up in hospital. Isn't this miserable? Isn't it miserable talking about this? Wouldn't you rather hear something nice? Well, folks, welcome to the material world. It's not nice. You should understand, it's not nice. The idea that this material world is nice, it's an illusion. Doesn't matter how well you make your hairstyle or however expensive a dog you buy, or however much your dog likes you and licks you, or you see people are coming on holiday to Goa. Where do the people go? Goa people they don't go on holiday to Goa, they go somewhere else. Isn't it? They all go somewhere else. Why do they go somewhere else when all the world is coming to go? <laughs> because there's no happiness in the world, just in the movie. Police here are more active, isn't it? 
especially in the tallest places. So if people are coming for happiness, you should expect at least that should be peaceful and nice, but here there's more for Now, when, no, no one goes on holiday to uh, Harlem in New York City. Uh, the chances of you getting mugged, uh, the chances of not getting mugged, are not very much. Mugged, if you know what I mean, is all American. Means you're walking down the street and someone comes up to you and uh, offers that you can give them uh, all the money in your wallet and, uh, and also offers that if you don't, they might just stick the knife into your throat. Armed robbery. Individual armed robbery. So this is the material world and it's miserable. We should understand. So these points Srila Prabhupada was making again and again. We shouldn't underestimate Srila Prabhupada as if he was just a primary teacher. There's this great mercy that he spoke what we need to hear. Not what we might want to hear. There's a difference. The teachings by which we can become free from illusion of considering this material world a present place. These are the teachings that Krishna gives in Bhagavad Gita to diseased Arjuna. Arjuna was under the illusion that he could be happy in the material world. He wanted to enjoy We'll enjoy the kingdom. But wait a minute. To enjoy the kingdom, we have to kill all our friends and relatives and gurus and there's nothing left to enjoy. What are you going to enjoy? After killing all, all the people who uh, would like to enjoy the kingdom. And then where's the enjoyment left? That's why they can offer something. I'll give you 100 cores of rupees. There's just one condition. Amdo Amare Doga, kill your wife and your two children. Well, maybe some people would agree. And get another one. But I think probably most people they wouldn't agree. Because some things are more important than money. Anyone hear that? Did you hear that? Something the more important than money? Anyone hear that? Anyone believe that? The whole modern society is going on under the illusion that money is the most important thing. If we suggest to people that you can be a multi-property, but you have to be somewhat, you have to learn how to be corrupt and offer the right bribes and like that. Every multi-property or any single property or half property or even a small time businessman. They have to know how to drop the bribes in the right place. You have to be mean. Can't be a nice guy. You have to undercut your competitors. So many things. So if we tell someone that 
You can have a choice. Are you being very rich by the normal means of being a... Yeah. You can be rich by hook or by crook, mostly by crook. Rich with poor character, no good character, but rich and well respected and well known in society. The name comes in the newspaper by one of the elite, as they say, the elitist with pronunciation in other parts of the English speaking world. So you can be like that. Or otherwise, you can be uh, a very good character, honest, truthful, and no one cares for you, no one respects you, you have very little money. Who would choose to be honest, truthful, or another hitter? Everyone will, at least by the way we see the society going, everyone is choosing the path of get ahead by any means. If, if they, they may have some course, personality development, and that means how to be uh, very confident and smile as you cheat people and lie to them and get ahead. <laughs> it's called personality development. And they might drop in a few words about honesty and all this kind of thing. But that's, honesty is secondary to getting ahead. If it serves your purpose, all well and good. If it doesn't, then it's all right. So it's a sick, corrupt society, as Srila Prabhupada never tired of pointing out. Srila Prabhupada pointed out, and he said that they want to have people of ideal character, who are not enamored by this mundane, righteous civilization. We don't care for the goals of this deeply illusioned, sinful civilization. We're not interested in being respected by sinful people. Kasmar Hajanti Why should we flatter persons who are blind by the uh, blinded by wealth? So we shouldn't say that Prabhupada, well, Prabhupada, he was just another guru, so he only guru. Prabhupada is another guru. But Prabhupada, he managed to do something which no one else could do. There was no one. It's not imaginable that anyone could do what Srila Prabhupada did. Which was to plant the seed of Krishna consciousness in a place where Krishna was wholly unknown. There was no, uh, there was no interest in that. Of course, the hippies in America, they 
they had some kind of superficial interest in what they call Eastern religions. They're not in theistic. Nothing theistic. They were all attracted to Buddhism. Buddhism is not this and it's not that. And it, it's, it's not expressible and it's not inexpressible. It's just, just a bunch of words I mean, you know, what's going on? So the sound of one hand clapping and all this kind of nonsense. Srila Prabhupada came in and said, Krishna is the supreme personality of God. I don't know what he's talking about. Srila Prabhupada very patiently gave what people needed to hear and he kept on with these points. Kept on hammering on these points. The whole society is misguided by atheistic propaganda, especially the so-called scientists. Shiva Prabhupada is very strong against the so-called scientists who are misleading everyone. There's a propaganda that light has arisen from matter. So we shouldn't underestimate Srila Prabhupada and think that, well, you know, now I, I heard all those things from Prabhupada, but I, I heard a lot more things too, and uh, maybe, I, maybe I'm on beyond Prabhupada. I can, I can uh, relish different leaders, and maybe you can, but it doesn't mean it's gone beyond Prabhupada. The real, if one's actually advancing as a disciple, what does that mean? The disciple means who is the servant of his guru. So we're all supposed to be followers of Shiva Dharma. So if one is advancing in Krishna consciousness, then his sense of servitude and his gratitude to Shiva Dharma, that should be increasing. Instead of thinking, well, you know, I've gone beyond Prabhupada as some foolish so-called followers of Srila Prabhupada seem to think, then uh, we should be more feeling ourselves more and more the lowly menial servants of Srila Prabhupada and more and more committed to his mission, which is Multifarious, there are many, many aspects of Srila Prabhupada's mission. The mission is to deliver every jiva in the universe to Krishna. Some of the major thrusts, well, especially Prabhupada wanted to, wanted to and did, and wanted his followers to also preach the message of Bhagavad Gita in the world. They're uncompromising, as he himself did. And to distribute his books, Shri Prabhupada is very interested that his books be distributed very widely. And gradually those who are engaged in distributing Shri Prabhupada's books, they, they, Pratyakshavadamam dharmyam sisukam kata, they can directly experience 
the mercy they received from Srila Prabhupada in doing so. Everyone can experience the presence of Srila Prabhupada in their lives, not only by distributing books, but it's definitely a, a, a fact that every devotee who regularly distributes Srila Prabhupada's books can perceive in their lives, and it, it's a, a factor that motivates many devotees all over the world to undertake all kinds of difficulties to go on distributing Srila Prabhupada's books. And there, there are some devotees who have done it all their lives, and they're old men now, and they're still going out all day, every day, distributing Srila Prabhupada's books. And there are many who have been doing it for 10 years, 15 years, including, uh, they'll be going out and now the, uh, the cold is beginning in Europe and the bodies will be going out, I got some letter from Czech Republic last year, the bodies were going out in minus 20 Celsius temperatures, which in India we can't imagine. Maybe if we go to Ladakh, but definitely in Goa, no one has any idea of what minus 20 Celsius is like. It's damn cold. Dangerously cold, actually. It's dangerous. It's so cold. You, have, you can't stay on very long in such a temperature. Anyway, they're going out there. Why should they do that? Taking so much difficulty. So one uh, major factor in that is that they perceive the mercy of Srila Prabhupada in doing so. They feel the presence of Srila Prabhupada in their very life. He's very pleased with that. So these books, they are the Srila Prabhupada's books. They are the forefront of the body the main force of the spiritual revolution that Srila Prabhupada wanted to bring in. And his books are written in that way to bring out, to bring about a spiritual revolution. Srila Prabhupada's books are not meant for armchair quasi-spiritual entertainment. They're not books meant to make people just feel nice. They're motivational books. They're motivational to change your life. Well, there's something wrong with your life. What's wrong? Not just something, everything. Everything is wrong with the life of everyone who is not dedicated fully to Krishna, to Srila Prabhupada in his books. Is pointing out the futility of a life lived without Krishna consciousness. And these books are meant to bring about a revolution. That's actually stated in Srimad Bhagavatam. There's a, an indirect reference to Srila Prabhupada, but it can only refer to Srila Sarvam Visargo Janata Ghat Viplavo 
यस्मिन This verse means that, on the other hand, as the previous verse spoke about, Baya Samtirta, or literature which is like a pilgrimage place for crows. If there's some garbage thrown out, so many crows will go and pick. With this nasty sound that crows make. What kind of a consciousness does someone have to get to get the body of a crow? It's just everything about it. a crow. It's, it looks nasty, its consciousness is nasty, it sounds nasty. It's attracted to dirty things. I used to see in Calcutta many years ago. In the winter, everyone had this thick mucus and it spit out this thick mucus and the crows would come and scrape it off and enjoy it. I saw one time in Bihar, Madanda, there was some dead body all bloated up. This must be some poor person. They, they, they take it down, they burn it, they don't want to wait until it's finished burning, so they just throw it in. So the body is about 25% burned, and it's just going, you, can, you can smell it coming down the river. And there's the crows sitting on top of the body floating down the river, plucking out the, the, the meat from the body. So then that's enjoyable. So this is literature not concerned with Krishna. Narada Muni speaks about it. This is Srimad Bhagavatam. Don't blame me for making you want a woman. It's all in Srimad Bhagavatam. So, on the other hand, there is a different kind of literature, Narad Muni says to Vyasadeva. This is Narad Muni motivating Vyasadeva to write Srimad Bhagavatam. On the other hand, there is another kind of literature which is meant for bringing about a revolution in the misguided lives of sinful people. And even though such literature may be perfect, imperfectly composed, because it is meant for glorifying the name, form, qualities, pastimes, etc., of the unlimited Supreme God, persons who are thoroughly honest, Srila Prabhupada translates here the word sadhana, persons who are thoroughly honest, they hear, chant, and accept such literature. So Srila Prabhupada, he quoted this in his preface because he said, I know that my presentation of this lofty subject matter in a language that is foreign to me. Of course, Shiva Prabhupada was educated in English medium, but his English was Indian English, which to 
Someone as fastidious as me, you may not want to be fastidious me, but that's because you know many of you don't, you don't know how very big vocabulary. So to someone as fastidious or fussy as me, uh, it's very, Indian English is very frustrating. You hear people use all wrong grammatical usages pretty much all the time. So Srila Prabhupada wrote in Indian English and he didn't have a whole team at the time to uh, for checking and editing and proofreading everything himself. So they were, they were in his first edition of the Srila Bhagavatam, there were many grammatical mistakes, spelling mistakes, and typos. Uh, typographical mistakes. That means that even though Srila Prabhupada may have typed it himself properly, but then the, the, in those days the uh, typing was done by the same system. The, the, the printing was done pretty much by the same system that was uh, invented, we are told, by William Caxton in about 1600 and something in England. Or someone else says it was invented in Germany. But anyway, the, the printing technology hadn't improved much for several hundred years. It means the, the typesetter would see the typed manuscript, then they take, okay, take the letter A, take it out, put it in place, and then they often make mistakes. So these are called typo. So there are many errors like this. And Srila Prabhupada himself said that I know there are many mistakes in trying to present this subject matter in a language that is foreign to me, but nevertheless we are confident that persons who are, I'm paraphrasing, I don't know exactly what but persons who are sincere to accept the message, they will appreciate this message, even though the language, the language isn't properly composed. Later, Srila Prabhupada, his first uh, editor, Hayabriva Das, was a professor, he's one of his first disciples, a professor of English at Ohio State University in America. And he was asked to type the manuscripts that Prabhupada done handwritten. When he saw older king, he asked Prabhupada, Shouldn't that be O King, not O the King? I said, no, okay, you edited it. So he became the first editor. But, so there were, there were difficulties in the presentation, um, in as much as the language and the presentation, there were, it was, we could, from one perspective, it was faulty. Spiritually, it was perfect. Uh, a professor of English, or even a person averagely educated in English, could find out many faults, but it was perfect because the message is perfect and the intent is perfect. But from the linguistic point of view, there are many mistakes. So Srila Prabhupada recognized that. Uh, but in this verse also, Tadvāgvisāgo janatāga viplavo this literature will bring about Janata Agha Vipravaha. Janata, you all know the word. 
means the, the people in general, or the public, as the English people say. There were many public persons, which is all today. Very bad. Just to get another example. So, Janata means the people in general, the general public. Agha is not a well known word, but it means sin. So, the sinful population. And Bitlavaha comes in some Indian languages, it's a Sanskrit word. It means revolution. In Hindi, the common word is Kranti. In Marathi, what's the word? Kranti. And now we call it Bitlog. Bitlog. Revolution. So it's stated, Narayana says that this will bring this, this literature, praising the unlimited Supreme Lord, even if it's imperfectly composed, will bring about a revolution in the sinful, a revolution among the sinful population. Now, the Asadeh Bhagavatam is not imperfectly composed. The Asadeh is the, uh, he's the greatest poet. Of course, there may be, even in the Asadeh writing, what some people may say are technical faults, but that's there in all the great writers also. Nabhavuti, Jaivedi, Kalidas, there's some allowance in poetry for some tech, something which is technically not correct, but the, the, uh, the path is there. Therefore we have path out. It's, it's explained. The meaning and the feeling is explained by the commentator. But uh, to write in Sanskrit, one has to be highly learned and know the rules of composition. You can't just write any old way that you like. There are very strict rules of composition. There are different meters. Or that uh, verses can be composed in Bhagavatam. Most of the Shastras compiled in chandras or meters. Although in Bhagavatam, in the fifth canto, there is also some gandhya, some just some prose sentences. So the verses, they, they, there's very specific rules. And apart from the rules, and then, the, then if one can add also, there is also various uh, literary decorations which make the verses sound very nice. Srila Prabhupada sometimes quoted how beautiful is the poetry of the Asadi. He quoted this verse. Samashutaye Matapallava Prabhupada Mahatpadam Punya Yashomara Are. What's the next line? Right. He quoted this verse, and how beautiful it sounds. Just the very sound of it is very beautiful. So the Asadeh was a 
he was a, a cognitive poet. So this imperfectly composed, what does that mean? Does that indicate Shiva Who by the by the will of Krishna, who was sent to preach Krishna consciousness all over the world, his message was perfect and powerful and complete. But by the will of Krishna, that was presented. Actually, Shiva Prabhupada's English is very poetic also, because the devotee is very poetic. But it, for mass distribution, Shiva Prabhupada accepted that it required some editing. Shiva Prabhupada himself wanted So, uh, this revolution in, in impious lives of, of the population. What does this refer to? Bhagavatam was, up to that point, was preached only in India, among pious people. Who are these impious people that the Bhagavatam is going to imperfectly compose? Bhagavatam is going to, imperfectly compose means from the literary point of view, that it's going to create a revolution among It can only refer to Srila Prabhupada, because he came to America, he was ready to go for years before, he was wanting to go. But he didn't go until he had the first kind of Bhagavatam printed. Then he thought, now I'm ready to go. Prabhupada said, I took all the philosophy of Krishna Congress in the first country. And he went to America with that, and faith in the holy names of Krishna, and faith in the order of his Guru Maharaj, and faith in the order of Chaitanya. He went in Bhagavatam, first country. And when he arrived in America, he wrote a poem saying that by hearing the Bhagavatam, people will become purified. So he had faith in it. So this verse, spoken by Narad Muni to motivate Vyas to compile Srimad Bhagavatam, can only refer to Srila Prabhupada. It doesn't refer to any other Acharya before him, maybe to Acharyas following him or also speaking Srimad Bhagavatam. The addition of Srimad Bhagavatam which we are to use for the next 10,000 years is Srimad Prabhupada's And there may be other commentaries, Srimad Prabhupada said that my disciples will have purports of my purports. But the books, that the members of the International Society for Krishna Doctors have to study in the outline of Krishna Doctors, especially Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavad And actually, not only in this one, you know, there's Gorya Bhatt also in different things. They're also reading Bhagavad Gita. They would get it, want to understand philosophy, if they they have the others that they read Bhagavad's books because the commentaries of the people. There are a few people who learn it in Sanskrit and they can read the commentaries of the Acharyas. But even many of the points in the commentaries of the previous Acharyas, they're very technical and they don't speak to us like Prabhupada's speak to The Acharyas, the previous Acharyas were writing for highly elevated people, mostly Brahmana caste who studied Sanskrit, lived the life of strict Pajan, and Prabhupada's books are being distributed. 
you'll see the problem. They, they bring Bhagavad Gita to someone, and he's going to sort of cigarette in one hand, the other hand around his girlfriend, and then they put in the Bhagavad Gita in that person's hand. That's unthinkable. In India, you can't do it. I mean, even today, people won't smoke a cigarette and hold the Bhagavad Gita. They have, even today, people have enough sense not to do that. They'll put the cigarette down first, and maybe wash their hands. Maybe. But in the West, they have no idea. There's no culture. People are sick. But the books are being distributed to them. By reading the books, they get, oh, my life requires change. And it's happening all the time in India, outside. Just the other day, I got a program in Gujarat. Someone came for the first time. After the program, he bought one of Robert's books. When he went home, it was late, and he started reading, he stayed up all night reading it, and the next morning he came back and said, tell me what to do. And he changes it from that day, just a few days ago, chanting, changing people's lives. Robert's books had that potency. As Srila Prabhupada said, our books are not meant for philosophical speculation, but they are meant for people giving people knowledge how to purify their lives, so that they, they, they speak to us practically what we need to hear. And they change lives. So, Narad Muni, he saw, yesterday, you write these books, and the other Acharyas will get their commentaries, and then Prabhupada will come, and Prabhupada, when he was making his Bhagavatam commentaries, he, there was one big publication with 12 principal commentaries on the Bhagavad and Prabhupada would consult this, and also the Bengali commentary of his own Guru who commented on some portions of the Bhagavad Interestingly, what this professor tackled, he didn't comment extensively on all parts of the Bhagavad but mostly on the very philosophical section, especially the 11th canto, like this. So, uh, He asked him sorry, he's sitting in a cave in the valley, composing the Prabhupada's Hanukkah, incarnation of the Asadi, the modern age, presenting the same information that the Asadi gave in Sanskrit, in uh, English, and subsequently in all languages of the world, to reform the whole civilization, sinful civilization. So we shouldn't underestimate Srila Prabhupada. No, he's just a guru. He's a guru, but he's the guru of gurus. He's the fulfillment of all the previous acharyas. You should never think that, well, now I have to go beyond or better. Live as Prabhupada. He was a resident of Vrindavan. Even before he came to the Vrindavan, he was resident of Vrindavan. Even before he came to the world, he was resident of Vrindavan. But he went all over the world, and although he himself longed to be in Vrindavan, even in 1966 there was a recording of him saying that actually I don't like to be here. I'd like to be in Vrindavan, but it is my duty, my Guru Maharaj ordered me 
So he lived according to the duty given to him by his Guru Maharaj, rather than his own desire to live in Vrindavan. He executed the duty given him to preach and uplift the people of the world. He took so much difficulty to travel in his old age. Hari Sharifatu was one of Srila Prabhupada's servants. He said he was traveling with Prabhupada for two and a half years. He said all the time Prabhupada was sick, one way or the other. But Prabhupada went on because he wanted people to take this knowledge, which was concerned. People required this knowledge of Prabhupada and Srila Prabhupada. So we shouldn't underestimate Srila Prabhupada. He's a guru, did a good job translating the Bhagavatam when he did that. But the profundity and the uniqueness of his contribution is beyond our powers of distinction. Recognize ourselves or identify ourselves as servants of Shiva Prabhupada. And the closer we come to Krishna, because Prabhupada is close to Krishna, and we're not going to Krishna without Prabhupada. I was saying that even Goryamak people that study, not only Prabhupada's books, but yeah, even some of them, there's one professional Prabhupada speaker that's very famous in Gujarat. He also, he studies, from his speeches, you can understand that he reads Prabhupada's books. And other sampradayas also, those who are serious to get spiritual knowledge, they read Prabhupada's books. They may be another sampradayas. One devotee, um, one, one, uh, Devotee and I remember this one, who is in Sri Lanka, which is the principal place of the Sri Vaishnava, Ramanuja Sampada. For some reason or other, he wasn't first in devotional closet. He wanted to get some of them the books of their Sampada to study them. So he asked some of the priests, Can you tell me where I can get some of your philosophical literature? So, Vaishnava literature. He said, Oh, you want Vaishnava literature? Go to this book. He said, well, no, I wanted some of the philosophical literature of those Sampadayas. Oh, we don't have any. Well, you want philosophical literature, Vaishnava literature? Go to Iskot, we have a Sampadayas. I told him. You shouldn't underestimate Shiva Prabhupada. Is it possible to overestimate? It's not possible to overestimate Shiva Prabhupada, but it's possible to uh, in other words, there's no, there's no way we can say that, well, his glories are so great, and then, well, however great you say, you can't, you're not going to be exaggerated. One of Srila Prabhupada's god brothers, he made a comment once, this is, they've all passed away, except one. But one of them thought that, you see this Guru Puja which we have daily for Srila Prabhupada. This is it's unusual. You won't find any other like Sampradaya, you won't find any of Srila Prabhupada. Big Vyasa Sam, 
then they fall down again, they don't have any good habits. They won't often say it openly, but as I'm led to understand that they tend to look down on the Western world. But Prabhupada, he didn't see that. He, he saw it here. These are people who are they're coming from such a bad background and they're taking that Krishna. See the progress of Don't see how far behind they are. See the progress of You don't want to make Krishna consciousness an exclusive club for uh, an English-speaking Indian. Main, main qualification is you have to speak in. Then, then you can come. Otherwise, not well. Shila Prabhupada and Krishna Conscious available to everyone, not even only to human beings. Once he called one of his disciples and pointed, you see that and? Robert said, if we can make this and Krishna consciousness, then we'll consider Krishna consciousness, then we'll consider our movement successful. <laughs> <laughs> he's concerned with every living being. So his compassion was very wide ranging. He was genuinely concerned with every living being to Krishna consciousness. So can we overestimate Shiva Prabhupada? Well, some. Some people, like I'm saying, they think that Prabhupada is overexpressed. What is this worship of him? It's a bit excessive. But that song that we sing every day to Srila Prabhupada is just absolutely perfect with that Srila Prabhupada. You may say it's suitable for every guru, but really, Srila Prabhupada really fits the most perfect. Sri Guru Charana Padma Kevala Bhakti Kevala Bhakti means pure devotional service. Shiva Prabhupada only taught them. Kanya Vila Ashita Ashita Amyana Kama Vila Vita Nava Kuliya Krishna Vishita Bhakti Rupa. He taught pure devotional service. He encouraged everyone at every level of Bhakti. Alright, come. One drunkard in New York came in, didn't know what he was doing. He was so drunk. And brought some toilet paper which people in Krishna consciousness don't use. And he plopped it down and then walked out of it. And he said, you see, the services to He gave a donation. <laughs> what would anybody do with toilet paper? said, he was willing to accept that, sir. So, anyway, he was right. He was pushing all the time. The pure devotion service. Differentiated between motivated devotional service and pure devotional service. Bhakti is an very much. And Bhakti and Alpaka. Very much differentiated between pure devotional service and motivated pretentious devotional service. If you see the book I brought up recently, or Bhakti is an you'll find that I so clear and strong at this point. Bhanga Mui Shavadana Mati, therefore I pray to him very carefully, very carefully, and I pray to him. 
Jahara Prasade Bhai, a Mogatari. Yes, Krishna Kakti Hoi Jaha Hoi. By his mercy, we can cross over the material existence. We can cross over material existence. And attain Krishna. And practically, what's going on in this Krishna conscious movement? You see, even big leaders fall down, but still, Prabhupada's mercy is flowing through. So we can understand that big leader, small leader, whatever, if the mercy is it's coming through. It's really Prabhupada's uh, mercy is sustaining this movement. We're all getting Krishna. As much as we are getting Krishna through Prabhupada. Jahara Prashade Bhai, Krishna Kakti Hojahavu, Guru Moka Padmavaka, Jitrete Kodya Vaita, Ana Kodya Mahanasha. This line should have probably quoted more than any other. Now we should take the teachings from the lotus mouth of the Guru as our one with our heart and not desire anything else. That might be difficult. It seems like nice poetry, but it's not meant to be just nice poetry. But it's difficult unless we want, unless we actually want Kaval Bhakti, unless we want pure devotional service, because he doesn't preach anything else but pure devotional So if we actually want to be one in heart with Prabhupada, then we have to take his instructions very seriously. We have to study his books and believe in him. Don't reinterpret them. Follow what he says. Accept the values that he inculcated. He who knows Krishna. Who, when he says <coughs> the words from his mouth, that means actually Krishna is speaking to him. What Krishna wants to say to us, he says to God. So we shouldn't. It's very dangerous. It, it happens everywhere, in every religious system, any great teacher comes, he speaks, he gives a clear message, and then his subsequent followers, they mess it all up by reinterpreting. Shiva Prabhupada taught pure devotional service, but and he was very clear on various issues. Just like this point of Monday welfare work, he was very clear that Welfare for the body is, uh, that's not compassion. That's, that's uh, saving the shirt of a drowning man. Compassion means to save the soul. But uh, it seems very cruel, just like Prabhupada in the, in the Andhra Pradesh Drown Relief Committee. They're asking Prabhupada, you, you help us with your society, Prabhupada refused. No. You help us. What's the use of your crowd when people are suffering because they don't know Krishna? So it may seem very hard and cruel. Now it's not drought, now it's flood. Maya has varieties. Why only drought? Not a flood. And after some time again, drought. And you can have an earthquake. They all, then the big one in that tour is supposed to, supposed to on you, so maybe you can have an earthquake sometime or something. Some variety. Why? 
Wyoming droughts and floods. Time to have an earthquake also. So, uh, you may think, let's go help the flood victims. Give them food and everything. Oh, it's very good. No. They're suffering because everyone is suffering. <coughs> so it may seem, well, the public will like us, it's a good thing to do. They'll like us and they'll give us money and they'll praise us and we say, Father, he wasn't interested in the praise of the public or the praise of anyone. But this answer is very I will go on speaking the actual truth. And to my last breath, even if all my disciples leave me, he wasn't concerned that whether he, his disciples stay or whether they go, he only wants to speak the unmixed truth. So, he worshipped Robert for that because he said it. So, to take the words of the self realized Guru to our heart means, Ana Kori means to kick out everything else. So we, we sing that song, it's, it's really not meant to be a ritual singing it. It's a very, very heavy commitment to sing this song. We actually know what it means to say that we take the words of Prabhupada and make them one with our heart and not desire to that. It's a heavy commitment, but by that we get pure devotional service. Pure devotional service isn't cheap. It's not a, cultivating pure devotional service is not a part-time task. It's not something we do in our spare time. It requires total dedication. And every level of time, of money, of words, everything. It's not that you see a I work hard and I earn money and I have all nice facilities in my home and uh, we get 200 rupees a month for Krishna's. 20,000 for me and my family and 200 rupees. I get a receipt. So I'm getting 200 rupees. But this is not satisfied talking The standard that we have to they give all the money. Don't keep anything. There's one who has to be And what this is done, Sarsuri would arrange to give something, a little amount back to his wife, the one in the family. He didn't say, no, no, you don't give it. He said, all right, you give it. He was earning modern money in those days. And he lived like a poor man. At first, his wife didn't like it. She brought all the family and said, you might as well take all this too. We have no use for all this. So, uh, yeah, this is the standard, actually. That we like, yes, we'll come, we'll chant Hare Krishna, we'll talk all nice things about Krishna. Just don't disturb my comfortable life. Let me go on with that, and Krishna also. Alright, okay, you can do that if you want. But we should know that the real standard is 
Sit in Radha Kund. You rather you'll find Krishna in the streets of Bombay by preaching there. Or even more likely in the streets of New York. The more difficult, the more farther away, the further away it is from Krishna. Who will find Krishna? Who will go to preach in the Muslim countries? You'll find Krishna by Prabhupada's mercy. And if we try to forcefully enter, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit in Radha Kund and I'm not gonna, I'm gonna make sure that Radha and Krishna, they, if they don't come and dance before me, I'm gonna go and strike. Something like this. I'm gonna chant 64 rounds and meditate on them and, you know, I'm gonna force my way in. It doesn't work like that. Get the mercy of the pure devotees. Do what they say. Follow their order. You'll get the mercy. Sri Guru Charane Rati That is the attachment to the lotus feet of the Guru. What does that mean? We keep a picture? No, it means following his instruction, understanding what his mission is. Wanting to follow that. Giving, a, giving our blood. We have to give gallons of blood. Prabhupada quoted his Guru Maharaj, to make one devotee. So, Jai Prasade Pure Sarva Asha, we should, don't think that if by working hard for Krishna, that we'll be cheated. But better I go and live in Radhakund, or go and live in Govardhan or something, then I'll get the mercy of Krishna. No, don't, don't think the Prabhupada cheated us. By sending us out to distribute books in the minus 20 degrees in Czech Republic. I think, what am I doing here? I should be relishing Rasa Lila in Radha Kun. No, you distribute these books. You get, you get Prabhupada's mercy more. Prabhupada warned. He said, don't go, 
he warned his disciples, don't go and don't go and sit at Radha Kund. He told if you do the he was told some he was told some devotees going to live at Radha Kund. Prabhupada said, Don't they're not devotees, they're rascals. He said, If you go there, you'll simply think of women and money. So Rupa Goswami says to stay at Radha Kund. Prabhupada says, Don't stay. That means one should stay, but one should be qualified to do so. It requires qualification. Artificially one cannot go there. One can get the, the, the mercy of the Acharyas by spreading their mission all over the world. As Narad Muni told Vyasadeva, this Bhagavatam is to be preached all over the world. So that won't happen if everyone just goes through a life of bhajan. And it also won't happen unless we preach the message as Prabhupada did, then the message that they need to hear. We're not the body. Try to understand. Why, why does not a baby, two years old, baby dies, why doesn't it grow? This challenge Prabhupada would give. What did the scientists say? They don't have any answer. The clear answer is because the soul is not present. This proves the presence of the soul. Otherwise the chemicals are there. If there's some chemical missing, you give the chemical to make it grow again. You can't do it. So this is what people need to hear. Prabhupada very mercifully made these points again and again. Chokhu dano dilo jai janme janme prabhushu divya gyan hride prakashita he has given us this knowledge. He is a master, birth after birth. And by his grace, the knowledge in his books becomes manifested in our hearts. He, he, he clears our eyes so that we can actually see, see with the eye of knowledge. Srila Prabhupada was constantly speaking this knowledge and writing these books so that we can see with the eye of knowledge and understand what is actually the situation of this material world. What is our relationship with Krishna? We cannot see. We have to see through the eye of Shastra, which is given by the self-realized Acharya. Prema Bhakti Jaha Hoite Avidya Vinasha Jaita These two things go together. Prema Bhakti it comes from him and ignorance is destroyed by him. It's not that you remain ignorant and get praying. This is nonsense to this idea. That one should know what is the science of Krishna consciousness. Then there's the question of praying. It's not such a, a cheap thing, just some kind of emotional sentiment. Just like you might feel for your, for your wife or your child or your dog or your donkey. Srila Prabhupada told the story of Sargal Singh. Some, some woman was crying. And someone asked her, why are you crying? She was crying very bitterly. He said, oh, Sargal Singh died. I thought, oh, she's crying. Well, this must have been very dear to her. So he also started crying. And then someone asked him, why are you crying? And soon the whole town was crying because Sargal Singh had died. And then the uh, head of the town said, what's going on? The whole town's crying. Sargal Singh, I don't know anyone called Sargal Singh. Who's this Sargal Singh? And they traced it back to this woman. Sargal Singh was my donkey. I loved him very much. My donkey died. So everyone's feeling, just like if you, you go to a movie 
and you watch the movie and then someone dies and says, oh, I cry, it's all meaningless. It's just a movie. Oh, oh. Everyone's crying at the movie, but it's just it's just nonsense. It's all meaningless. So sometimes people they feel praying for Krishna. That's like that. It's not. There's no real solid basis. They don't know who Krishna is. They don't even know who themselves are. They think Krishna, you know, Krishna is someone like my donkey. If he dies, I'll feel some remorse. I'll feel sad. They don't know what actual love is because they're on the platform of sense, uh, say, considering themselves the body and their sensual enjoyment the goal of life. So where's the question of Krishna praying? So attaining Krishna praying and becoming free from ignorance, the two things go together. It's not that uh, you can be, you don't know anything about spiritual knowledge and you love Krishna. That, that love is meaningless. That so-called love. There are many sentimentalists who are lauded as great devotees, but after all, they're sentimentalists. They don't actually have a relationship with Krishna. Even though mundane people who don't know anything about Krishna, they think, oh, great devotee, but they don't actually know who is Krishna. Therefore, you'll find there are so many mistakes in their understanding. Vede Gai Jahara Charita. Yeah, the Vedas. The Vedas describe the glory of Krishna. But one who knows the Vedas better, they'll understand how the devotee of Krishna is even more glorified. Krishna himself says, Madhbhakta Puja Vyadika. My devotee is to be worshipped even more than me. So definitely all the great demigods are Worshipping Srila Prabhupada. One time, devotee asked Prabhupada, Prabhupada, do you ever go to see the demigods? And Prabhupada became angry and said, Why? Why should I go to see the demigods? They come to see me. Why should I go to see them? Just like some, there may be the ministers of the king, and there's the king's very dear personal friend. So the personal friend of the king, he doesn't go to the ministers for anything. But they may come to him if they want something, which they cannot get from the king. So the, the demigods, they're, they're not on a very high platform compared to Srila Prabhupada, the pure devotee of Krishna. So devotees who are present when Prabhupada were passing away, they recognized that the room was completely full, not just on the ground level, but full of godly beings. And many godly beings came. Another time, Prabhupada, they brought Prabhupada to some speaking engagement, a big hall. There were about three people present. Prabhupada gave a whole program. Kirtan, lecture, gave a whole program. And afterwards, the devotees apologized. said, sorry, Prabhupada, so few people came. There was a few people came. You didn't see? Brahma was there. All the demigods were there. When a pure devotee speaks, all the demigods are present. So... Prabhupada, he wasn't speaking just for you and me. Even the demigods were coming to hear him. In London, he made, on the altar, he said, Radha, London, Ishra, and he made two Vyasa sons, one on each side. One for Brahma and one for Narada, because they're always coming here. 
This we may say is true of any guru, any any guru or every guru, they're all glorious persons, they're all oceans of mercy. But this really best of all applies to Srila Prabhupada. And it's very difficult to imagine anyone in future even who can be as merciful as Srila Prabhupada, who's a great ocean of mercy. And Adham Janara Bandhu, the, the friend of the most fallen people, and definitely, definitely this of, I mean, who, who would go among such fallen people as Prabhupada did? Patiently uplift them. The first initiation ceremony in Iskon, New York, 1966, Prabhupada cooked the feast, gave the initiation, and all the devotees said, thank you very much, Swamiji, and all left. And Prabhupada had to clean up everything himself. They had no idea of Guru Seva, or even proper human behavior. That he is an, Even from the human point of view, he is an old man. He's done everything for us. We should at least help to wash the pots. They didn't even think of it. So far. But Prabhupada, he never criticized them for that. And when the first devotee offered to help cooking, said it. Thank you, I was waiting for that. After several months of doing everything for them, he never said, why aren't you helping? So really, we can't imagine the extent of his mercy. Lokanath Lokera Jivan. So this song is composed by Narottam Das for his own guru. His name is Lokanath, Lokanath Goswami. But really this Lokanath Lokera Jivan, Prabhupada is the life of the the people, the devotees, and really, it can't be said enough, he really is the life of Iskon. There are so many leading devotees in this movement, and there was a time when we thought that, you know, how can, well, we thought, how can Iskon go on without Prabhupada, after Prabhupada leaves, but it's only if we remember that Prabhupada is with us always that this movement can go on. If we think that Prabhupada is dead, then we are dead. But also there's been so many leading devotees. Tamal Krishna Maharaj was always, practically he was always the most prominent devotee in, in many ways in our movement. And it was unimaginable that Iskon could go on in his absence. But it's going on. And so many other big leaders have gone away in various circumstances, but the movement goes on as long as we remember our, and keep our connection with Prabhupada. Remember, it's his books, his instructions, his understanding, his mission. Then our movement goes very nicely. So therefore, ha ha Prabhu karo daya deham ore padachai. We should call out for Prabhupada's mercy. He's willing to give it. We have to call out for it. It's not that just automatically. It's caused this mercy in one sense, but in another sense we have to earn it. That's all I go saying. So someone wants a lot of mercy, let them go and preach in the Muslim countries. You get a lot of mercy. Go and distribute Prabhupada's books. You get a lot of mercy. The mercy doesn't come just by sitting at home. Ebi Josh Kushuk Now his glory should be spread all over the world. That's something we have to do. By this, principally by distributing Prabhupada's books widely. 
then the people will understand how great is this person, Prabhupada. We can best glorify Prabhupada by, in the way that he wanted us to, by distributing his books. Can we overestimate Prabhupada's glories? No. But by misunderstanding them and falsely overestimating, we can say there's a kind of false overestimation. Just like, uh, yeah, Prabhupada, he was the representative of all the previous acharyas. We shouldn't think he was just another guru. There are so many great, great gurus in our sampradaya. And Prabhupada was the fulfillment of all of them, the mission of all of them, to spread Krishna consciousness everywhere. They in their own generations delivered many persons. But Srila Prabhupada brought the teachings of all the acharyas. So, in one sense, Srila Prabhupada is even more than all the previous acharyas. In one sense. You have to understand that very carefully, not misunderstand that statement. But, uh, on the other hand, if we think that Prabhupada is just like independent of all the previous acharyas, that's a kind of over, it's not really an overestimation, it's just a misunderstanding. Srila Prabhupada himself always taught that we have to follow the previous acharyas. A real guru is one who speaks according to guru, sadhu and shastra. And Prabhupada himself, he didn't claim authority. I said so, therefore I'm right. But he says, Krishna said so. Therefore this is correct. Or he would quote his own guru Maharaj or Vishwanath Chakravati or the previous acharyas. He claimed authority on the basis of the authority of Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. Now this is important to understand because there are some people who say that, well, Prabhupada instituted a system where there's no Guru after him. Although we don't, I mean, it's really based on some word jugglery and definitely there's no clear instruction in this regard at all. But they say, well, Prabhupada could do that because he can do, he's empowered by Krishna, he can do whatever he likes. But that's something like trying to make Prabhupada something like Sai Baba or something, that they don't have any, they don't have any background to them, they just appear, there's no statement in Shastra about them, and people just believe that they're God with absolutely no basis, they have no Shastric basis, they have no Parampara, just people say they're God. And you just believe it, just blind faith. So Prabhupada, he never promoted such a thing as blind faith. We have to understand his teachings uh, in the light of the previous acharyas. We, we shouldn't try to take the teachings of the previous acharyas and try to negate what Prabhupada said. That's another kind of offensiveness. Rather, we should see how Prabhupada is representing the previous acharyas, but we shouldn't uh, try to segregate him from the previous acharyas and say, well, Prabhupada can do anything. But he himself never said that. He, owned, he presented himself as a follower of the tradition. So anyway, there's much, much, much to be said about this, but it's quite over time, and I'll finish there. Hare Krishna. Any question about this?